Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 188 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Boob Network. My name is Eric Walquist, and I'm your host. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse the Nosebreaker. You are... Wilson. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite enough of I a nosebreaker. I did as breaker. best as I could. I attempted to break your nose. This is this is a very special podcast, Jesse. Yeah, because we're absolutely schnockered. We're schnockered, and we're also in person for the first time in a very long time. I f- forgot how silly I feel. <laughs> I feel much sillier t- for some reason doing this with you in the room. No, it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's really weird. Normally, I'm used to just staring at my computer. Yeah. I'm basically playing Pokemon the whole time. <laughs> now I'm here staring at your face and your bruised up nose that I right. attempted to break. No, it's weird because we used to do this literally every week. Right. And up until like probably episode, I'm guessing like 80, yeah, 86 or something. So like 100 episodes ago. And then we went full online. And now we are uh, back in the saddle again, as it were. Right. The like, literally, Tasha's in the room, too, which is, you know, your wife is in the room. This was this is an interesting thing, because, like I said, like, last time I think I recorded with Tasha in the room was when you guys were dating. Wow. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. So, I don't know if they're going to eavesdrop the whole time, but I think they could do their own podcast right now. They're just chatting it up. I think they are, but they have a little dog instead of a microphone, so... Well, that's basically what we do on like half of our podcasts. So, uh, we use little dogs as microphones, is what I'm saying. But that's not funny. Let's move on to something that is. <laughs> how, how are you doing? How's I'm doing your face? great, dude. Okay, so we gotta talk about this tonight. Jesse and I decided. Well, Jesse. Okay, so we went to pizza <laughs> with the wives. Right. Then we went to a bar across the street from Pizza, which is the closest thing. I'm in Port Townsend right now. I made the trek to Port Townsend to hang out with J-Dog. And it's the closest thing to a nerd bar in Port Townsend. Yeah, they got a bunch of pinball machines. Yeah, they got good pinball machines. Like, they got class. Like, the Shadow pinball machine is one of the classic pinball right. machines. Like, that is, like, I think it's the first pinball machine that used a actual gun as a shooter. And then right next to it, they have the Terminator 2 one. Right. They also have X-Files and uh-huh. Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And the new Wizard of Oz, which is not a oh. bad machine. It's not a bad machine, but it's a dollar a play, which is a ripoff for a pinball machine. Uh, Granted. Yeah. Wish granted. Uh, But anyway, but they, they also, they also have, have, have an air hockey table. Mm-hmm. And... Tonight, Jesse challenged me to an air hockey game, and that's why I wanted to go there because I was all just right. I love playing air hockey. I'm a I'm a huge air hockey fan. I think I'm pretty good at it from like a point of view of a person who never plays. Right. I've been I played against my wife a few games and just destroyed her, crushed her. Yeah, it's about reflexes. It's very much like baseball, really. Like baseball is a reflex Except sport. Except not boring as Air hockey. Fuck. Yeah, it, it takes about five minutes to play. I wish baseball did. I do love that the air hockey table, you put in the, your coins, and it says 75 cents for seven minutes or first to seven points. Right. So if you take more than seven minutes, they're like, no, 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 no. You're, right, you're right, playing right, it wrong, right. guys. You're you playing know. it wrong. Is it, you know, it's like if you play too much of a defensive game, then the clock mm-hmm. will run out. It's true. So, anyway, we're playing this thing, and then Jesse goes up quick 3-0 on me. <laughs> quick 3 to nothing on me. But then I get back in, the, I get in the swing of things, I get the old, uh, the old eye hand back working, and then, and then 
before before I know it, tied three three. Mm-hmm. Jesse three points, Eric three points. Then I believe we exchange another point, so I it's like so. four four. 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 Mm-hmm. And then we go on this epic volley. Now we're hitting the puck pretty hard, guys. We are hitting this thing pretty hard. But before I know it, the last thing I see is a neon green disc at my eye line. I close my eyes to protect them instinctively, and then I feel a smack right on the top of my nose. Right. Yeah. It happened before I knew it. It was like a weird, <laughs> it was like a weird, amazing thing. Like, I really wish I could tell you how weird it was to see that green puck so close to my face and then immediately, like, boom, right on my nose. I couldn't stop laughing. I felt so bad, but it was really funny. I hit oh, it yeah, right, right in the bridge of the nose of an air pump. <laughs> Right in the middle of the face. In a really heated game. It was a heated game. And then at that point, I was like, okay, I just need to focus. You rallied. And I rallied. And like at that point, it uh, it turned from air hockey into real hockey, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Because like my nose was shattered. I think we can all agree that that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But at that point, I got like laser focus. Unfortunately, we followed again. You went up 6'5". Did I go up 6-5? You went up 6-5. I tied it 6-6. And then we had an epic 6-6 an... match. Yeah. And it bounced off the back of your own puck oh, my into own your puck goal. Into the goal. For a victory and for me. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, really, probably the greatest game of air hockey ever played. I think so. I mean, movies are made out of less than yeah. this. No, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, this is, like, this would have been a movie-esque thing if I would have come back and won. You're like the RG3 of hockey. Not really. I am the R. Yeah, I am. Actually. You're the RG hockey. I am the RG three of hockey right. in like the 2012 <laughs> playoffs, or yeah, two of those, which nobody remembers anymore. I remember. Except for Seahawks fans. I remember. Go Russell Wilson. Hey, o- only rookie to come out with a win behind Andrew Luck and RG three. <laughs> but that's not that's not important, guys. What is important is that I have a giant bruise now on my nose. It is distracting. <laughs> it's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. I it's not as bad as I hoped it would be. <laughs> like it was turning purple and so I went up to the bar and I ordered a PB I was like, I just need a cheap canned beer. Right. So I go up and I order a PBR and she opens it and then hands it to me and I'm She's like She's required by I, law to open it. Why? It's, I don't know. Why does any law thing the do The poorhouse doesn't do that? Yes, they do. You they can op- take it to go. Right. You can take those to go. But if you drink it... So I should have said, give me a PBR to go. I, I don't think they do to go <laughs> beers there. So anyway, I'm holding this thing sideways on my nose trying to cool it off. Right, right. And it was like black and blue, but now I just checked the uh, checked it in the mirror, and it's like it just looks like a pimple, which is yeah. pretty... <laughs> like, if it's like a giant swollen nose, that's one thing. But if it's it looks like a swollen pore at this point. So thank you, Jesse, for giving me a zit, basically. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bummed. I really wanted you to get a black eye out of this. Because that would have yeah. been on my checklist of great things I have ever done. <laughs> no, it didn't break my... So that's the thing. Like, I broke my nose when I was in fifth grade. Right. Playing catch with my dad. I went up for a pop fly that he threw, whiffed it, and then it landed on my nose, shattered my nose. Yeah. Play. Gave me a, gave me the deviated <laughs> septum that has given me this great podcasting voice to this exactly. Day. It gave you the uh, <laughs> when you were playing uh, air hockey with your dad, eight years old. But I think what it really did is that it turned my nose from a uh, 
uh, the sniffler returns. It turned my nose from a, uh, you know, just like a regular nice igneous rock into a metamorphic battle powerhouse. And so ne'er a air hockey puck can penetrate this fortress of solitude. Exactly. Eric, remember when we were in high school and we, it was like free Baskin Robbins days? Mm. And we were lined up to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were lined up to yeah. get our free Baskin Robbins. Vaguely remember this in Bremerton. Yeah, and there's a bar across the street. Daiquiri ice. And this lady like came up to us and was like, "Do you guys like air hockey?" <laughs> I don't remember this. You don't remember no. that? Oh man, she was like propositioning us for air hockey because she wanted us to like hang out and play air hockey with her. But we were just. We were high school kids right. waiting in line to get free ice cream. We must have looked really cool. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Jesse, this was the opportunity for every single one of us to lose our virginity, and we missed it hardcore. Um, I did not need to lose my virginity to her. That's probably a good call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is literally, I think, any high schooler listening right now, this is any high schooler's dream Don't. to be waiting at Baskin Robbins yeah. and having an old... Craggly woman come up to you and tell you to play air hockey with her. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah, G- great sweet dreams are made of these. <laughs> I I got the Shrek themed <laughs> ice cream. I think and then, uh... I got the daiquiri ice. I'm a daiquiri ice man. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so that God. was good times. This is what happens when you do it live, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot different. Uh, let's do a, what are you drinking right yeah, now? Yeah, what, what are, are drinking? you drinking? I'm drinking a Rainier, or Rainier. It is a uh, classic Northwest staple, uh, beer, but I just had a martini that you made. Right. Uh, and then tonight I tried the Stone, uh, Drink by 420, which mm. was good. I tried the Rainy Days. Do you know what, what they were pouring there? Uh, I don't, I, th- yeah. I think it was like an ESB. I like Rainy Days a lot. They're out of Silverdale, Washington. I love those guys. I met them a couple times. They're sweet dudes. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I started off the night with a Lagunitas, a little something, something on tap, which was not uh, the greatest beer I've ever had. That's okay. I had the uh, Silver City uh, West Sound IPA when we got pizza mm-hmm. and uh, had the Rainy Days, of course, because we went to that air hockey bar, which right. only has one tap. Which with Rainy Days. and Which was Rainy Days. And then what did I have? I had a Baltic Porter. I can't remember from whom, but it was tasty. And then I had a red chair. Now I'm drinking this martini I made. Oh, I didn't know you had a red chair. Yeah, I slipped away and uh, picked yeah. up a red chair also, but I'm pretty loaded. I'm not going to lie. Hey, man, it's time to podcast. Exactly. All right, well, let's get to... Uh, we don't do dedications anymore. Don't, have we skipped that? Skipped it forever now. Uh, well, I'm going to dedo this episode Gotta be to... our wives. No, I was going to dedicate it to your your daughter, Russell Nisha. Oh, Russell Nisha. For hanging out with the grandmas tonight and letting us having letting us have a great time. That's fine, but she's been, like, hitting me in the face a okay, lot Okay, maybe lately. we should do it to the grandmas then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the babysitters yeah. out there. Yeah. To uh, all the babysitters letting, uh, letting the, the married dads have a good time. Exactly. The uh, married dads. This one goes out to you. This is the married dad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Married and married with one child yeah, between the two of us. Uh, so, so let's do some listener feedback real quick. Uh, first off, we have an email 
Um, this one comes to us from friend of the show, Mark Griffin. You might know Mark as the guy who wrote our beautiful I- intro with his 8-bit wonder uh, and, and beautiful musicianship. Uh, he says, uh, I thought I'd write in, I'm getting my Panfi on this year. And for those of you who don't know, Panfi is a personal arrogance nerd fitness initiative. By signing up for the Beat the Blurch Half Marathon this September, it's run by the guy who writes the oatmeal and is the first race I've ever done to train. I've also signed up for the Bridge to Bruise 8K in a couple weeks. Who doesn't want to run five miles and then drink five beers? Get off my back, gammon. That one comes to us from Mark. <sighs> oh, man, I, I feel like, you know, I've been doing pantry for a while. I've been going to the gym. But I feel like running is like the sport that makes your human body the best. You think so? Yeah. I feel like running is like the best thing you can do. Because I, I really feel like running was was created through years of evolution. <laughs> it's a reactionary measure. Yeah, it's, it's the flight response. Right. When you Have you ever had shin splints, though? Yeah. Yeah, those no, suck. I get them. They suck, but you can you can easily combat them with compression leg wraps, yeah. which are not that expensive and work immediately. So if you get compla- c- compression leg wraps, those those things. Are, I just are don't think we're supposed to run on asphalt. Oh no, totally! You're supposed to run barefoot on fields. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you're being sarcastic when you say that, but mm. I, I actually I'm not. Feel you that look way. at the, you look at the the cradle of of uh, of of humanity as we know, it, which is East Africa. It's you, you that is like your ideal thing. Like right. that's that's our pristine environment. That's where we're all supposed to be from. Dirt is springy, asphalt yeah. not so much. No, absolutely. That's why I like running at Green Lake in Seattle because they have the uh, asphalt option, but then they also have the dirt option mm-hmm. off to the side, which is nice. Um, but I'm just saying, I think I need to get back in the running. Yeah. Cause like I've been doing the elliptical, I've been doing the rowing machine, but like the best shape I've been in in my life was when I started trying to impress my wife <laughs> and I was trying and I was running and I got in super, super good shape. Like in three months I was in incredible shape just running like three times a week. Right. Yeah. Just best shape I ever week. was in was doing cross training in high school for that last half credit of PE that I needed to graduate. Yeah, see, you did cross-training. I did team sports. Team sports would have been a lot better. Team sports is pretty good. Cross-training was, like, pretty gnarly. Like, yeah. do 100 push-ups in a row yeah. and also, like, and then, squat 300 <laughs> and do clean And then clean somebody and jumps on your back and then you, like, crawl yeah. across a football field. Someone who is 150 pounds heavier <laughs> than you. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Mark, what I'm trying to say is good on you. I think running is like the best thing you could do for your body. I agree. Yeah. Do some yoga, too. Running and yoga. Flexibility, man. Flexibility is clutch. Good idea. Okay. You know, ju- yeah. Go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead and put in your earphone. We got a couple of voicemails. All righty. They're both super weird. So let's go to weird voicemails. The first one comes to us. It's a little choppy, but let's get to it here. Get to the choppy. Yeah. Hey, this is Bill from Virginia. Uh, if you guys are talking about it on the show or not, those Amazon same day shipping drones. I think that that's just a crazy idea that's just a pipe dream that's never even gonna really happen or do you think we guys should see that in the practice? Alright, stay off my back. Stay off my back. I, you, I I can tell your name is either Bill from Pennsylvania or Phil from Transylvania. I 
I choose to believe Phil from Transylvania. Yeah. Uh, so he's a little choppy there, but he's talking about the Amazon drones. Now, I think we covered this in an episode, but... I think that uh, the drones will probably <laughs> be... And I just don't know if it's going to be plausible. And that's what I think. <laughs> what do you? So I've been talking to people about this because I'm excited for the drones because they're definitely going to start here in Seattle. <laughs> so like I'm the I'm the freaking litmus test, and it, like you know people could be sad about Amazon Prime going up twenty bucks. If it's Amazon Prime twenty dollars plus drones, I'm in immediately. Give that to me now. I I agree, but. Do you think do you think the drones? I've been talking about this with people, and they're saying, "I cut you off, but I don't care." Uh, they, <laughs> That's what they, the drone said yeah. when they decapitated <laughs> someone on landing. People are saying people are just going to shoot them down. That's what I'd say. That's going to be my career. I'm going to get a discovery show called Drone, drone Scrappers. <laughs> It's going to be great. I can't laugh because I scratched my nose and it hurts. <laughs> I'm going to go live out in far western Washington and mm-hmm. get like a, a shoulder-mounted IUD yeah. uh, <laughs> rocket nice. launcher. Okay. <laughs> I think you could probably do it with like a slingshot, but you're really overkilling it right now. The point is, that's going to be my new career. They're going to make a documentary about me. So it's basically a potato gun. <laughs> That's an Eastern Washington IUD is a potato gun. It's, you know, how the, like, uh, <laughs> the old pirate ships used to have, like, two cannonballs that were chained together, right. like, yeah. to take masks down. Yeah. I'm going to have, like, two potatoes chained there together. You go. With some, uh, Twizzlers pulling exactly. heels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Then I'll bring it down and I'll recover that, like, season one DVD Love of Breaking Bad and Love sell it. it on the black market. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but this is the thing about this is that it's literally a federal offense. No, it's not the USPS. It is a no, it's a it's a federal offense to shoot at an aircraft. These things have to get FAA regulate regulation in order to fly. Therefore, if they are registered with the FAA, then they are aircraft and shooting at them is a federal offense. I'm not doing this because I'm afraid of the government. <laughs> like, I'm doing this because right. it's my constitutional so right to bear potato rifles. <laughs> so you're going to have a reality show where your face is blurred out the whole time. Yeah, and the premise is accidental discharge. That's going to be a uh, about as believable as Amish Mafia, even <laughs> if you're doing it seriously. What are you going to do? Come to the Olympic National Forest <laughs> and find me? I don't think so. <laughs> Sasquatch. It's me and Sasquatch. Jesse versus Sasquatch plus Potato Goods minus no, Amazon not Drowns. Pl- Jesse plus Sasquatch. Jesse plus Sasquatch versus Amazon Drones plus FAA equals... Plus eight. Bunker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that's what happened, Jim, from uh, Flansylvania. And then uh, up next, we got a really interesting, a really interesting uh, VM from our good friend Sam Golmahamadi in the UK. Here he is. Hey, guys, this is Sam Golmahamadi from the UK. So I've just been hooked on watching this show right here, True Detective. I just, you know, I just wanted to call up and just ask you a couple questions. One is just... What TV show, video game, or film, or whatever, that gets you guys hooked to do lots of impressions all the time? So, uh, yeah, just wanted to know, because I'm just annoying all my colleagues all the time, trying to do different accents and all that kind of shit. So, 
Anyway, uh, stay arrogant and get up my Nickelback. <laughs> I'm confused. That was Sam Golomati doing Matthew McConaughey, I'm pretty sure. All right, all right, all right. And like, uh, the thing I love about Sam Golomati doing this is that he's buying in to the personal arrogance trend of terrible accents. Oh, more. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more, Eric. And what's great about this is how much we all love the British. We love the British, y'all. <laughs> I can't, I mean... They did a Yelp. I think that's a Walt Whitman thing. I have so many parts of my uh, personal history that hate the British that I can't... Yeah, you're straight up Irish-Australian. Irish, American, and Australian. None of whom... And Norwegians. Part of me feels like the Norwegians <laughs> might also hate England. Maybe. The Norwegians <laughs> might be. <laughs> so. They were technically part of the Axis powers during World War II, right? Yeah. Uh, what can you say? What can you say? I per- I don't think I'm personally responsible for that, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I, Sam, we love you so much, buddy. And, oh, you did ask a question. Are there any shows that make you want to do accents? There are, you know what it is, what? man? There's a couple things. I've listened to a couple of interviews with, like, the Vice guys, like, their mm-hmm, website. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, like, Montreal accent. Yeah. Not, like, so much, like, the Quebecois, but, like, kind of the Central Canadian accent is great. Oh, yeah. But nothing's better than the Aaron accent. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. Every time I listen to a Bald Move podcast featuring Aaron Hubbard... All I want to do is eat, and I and I can't ever do it except tonight. I almost did it spontaneously, <laughs> yeah. with not even trying. I yeah. have to Zen mode this. Thing. You, you had a good spontaneous Aaron, also yeah. the Kentucky Colonel himself. Yeah, but that's it's so hard. Like this, that Rust Belt, right? Pseudo Southern accent right. is so difficult. It's got to a pers- l- just it's a like little it's bit just of a twang. ring above South African is is <laughs> the hardest accents to replicate. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love that accent, so. Well, I also like, uh, you know, obviously Snatch is, is uh, was one of my formative movies co- growing up uh, in high school, and, and the Bricktop accent is always good. Mm. Which is really easy to do. Do you know what Nemesis means? Do you means? know what Nemesis means? That's why you never trust a man who owns a pig farm. <laughs> as greedy as a pig. <laughs> it's the best one. It's so good. But then you also have uh, the other movie that I always think of is Fargo. Right. Because, like, the whole, hiya, ya betcha. Like, that whole thing I really love. Right. So, needless to say, I always love Snatch, but I'm very excited about the FX miniseries Fargo, which is coming up very soon. So, well, there you go. We should probably jump into a little time out. Yeah, let's do it. We've been riffing here. Right. Uh, we're just going to roll a 20-sided dice. See who gets to talk first. Yours was on the ground week. with a 20. <laughs> Foreboding. I did. I was king of the cast with the twenty last week. I got What'd a one-two for a twelve. Oh! oh! I rolled a twelve. <laughs> Nothing is more exciting than a double roll-off, guys. Double roll-off live. All right, this is awesome. Double roll-off live. Twelve again. Eleven. Oh! Eleven. Oh, dude. so exciting. All right, buddy, what's your first topo? Well, I want to talk about this little thing that happened in the business world. Those of you who are following your stock portfolios closely will know what's happening in the world of games. Here we go. (laughs) 
Mayhem. Great stuff. So, uh, a little company you might know of who we advised not buying their stock a little while ago <laughs> yeah, called true. Facebook. And then another company that we talked about a lot last week. Right. Uh, so Facebook spent uh, two billion of their dollars, mm-hmm. which is two thousand million, if you're wondering. Which is a good old uh, Jackson twenty <laughs> to you and me. Uh, they bought the Oculus Rift. Yeah, they bought it, buddy. The masters of 3D, not 3D, but like no, it is 3D. Yeah, 3D Full virtual 3D. Uh, reality yeah. interface. Put it on your face. Yeah. Uh, experiencing and gaming, mm-hmm. and uh, Facebook just was like, "Yeah, we want that. We got money. Right. We're gonna buy it." And then the internet was like, "What?" You can't do that. So I feel like the internet was initially like, what? And then they were initially like, and then they were second initially. (laughs) This is what happens after a few beers, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) They were second initially like, boo, as the internet is wont to do. Right, no. They they straight up Ben Affleck Batman this thing. (laughs) Immediately hated it at every turn is the worst thing that could possibly happen to everyone. It's because we all kind of hate Facebook now, right? Okay. This is the this is a problem with Facebook. I hate it. I'm addicted to it, and it doesn't have any negative health benefits, and therefore I don't have any reason to stop doing it. It's like the e-cigs. It's the, the e-cig. That's the- <laughs> Facebook is the e-cig of the internet. Absolutely, dude. Yes. What What are your initial takes on this? Cause okay. I saw. Let me Let me tell you well, how. Tell I Tell me felt. your thing. Tell me yours first. Okay. I saw it, and I was like. One figures. I I wasn't really sold on the Oculus to begin with. Mm-hmm. Two, I was like, uh, so kind of the the reaction was like, this is a betrayal of the trust of the people who kickstarted this. I was like, Doc, this is two billion dollars. <laughs> exactly. Do you know how much fucking money two billion dollars yes. is? Yes. So yeah, for. Uh, when people were talking about like the betrayal of the trust and everything, I'm like, yeah, that's called business. Right. And I'm okay with that. It's kind of the American dream in a way. It's absolutely the American dream. And I wasn't that sold on the whole Oculus oh, Rift experience man. to begin with. Yes. Uh, well, okay. But you didn't try the Oculus Rift. That's true. I tried to try it, though. Uh, did you stand in line? I waited in line for like over 60 minutes and stopped. What? You did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Cuz I did during I went during the press event, so I got to try like mm-hmm. I I got to try Oculus Rift Hardcore. I was in a ridiculously long line and was like, "Eh, this isn't worth it." Um, so I got to try it and it is amazing. It fools your brain very quickly. Like I was in a racing game. They they had this racing demo. That you didn't get to play, but you just sat in the in the seat of an F1 car as it raced around a track, and it showed your arms holding the steering wheel in front of you. And it took my brain about ten seconds to be like, "Oh, wait a second, those aren't my arms." Right, right. It was weird. Like, there's a weird immersive have thing you, that happens with with Oculus Rift. Have you heard about this treatment for phantom limb syndrome? No, where you like. Say so. Phantom limb syndrome is like if you lose a hand or an arm or whatever, and you can still feel the nerves because, mm-hmm. like, your brain still thinks it's there, and then right. it fires off the nerves, and it 
it, it feels like you need to like exercise your hand, right? But it's not there, so you can't do it, right? So what they do is they like they have you put like your both of your arms, which you only have one hand on, into a box that has mirrors. Uh-huh. And the mirrors make it look like you have two hands, and then it like immediately yeah. resolves your phantom limb syndrome. So right. like that's what's happening during Oculus Rift. It's no. like the same thing no. that's like tricking your brain into thinking like, oh yeah, th- these are my hands. Yeah, no, there's some serious psychological things that I don't even think we're touching on <laughs> that are associated with Oculus Rift. I think it could be therapeutic for sure. It could be therapeutic. It could also be kind of damaging. I mean, there's a uh, documentary that I watched on Netflix about uh, MMOs and about people who get a little too into video games Uh uh-huh and there was like this guy who basically was like my real world is uh is wow my real world is Uh world of warcraft and when i'm in uh when i'm going to the fridge and getting some food or going to my bed to go to sleep it feels like i'm not in the real world right i feel like i'm in the real world when i'm in wow yeah and so depending on your psychological disposition the oculus rift could have some pretty uh huge uh, impact on that. Totally. But <laughs> all of that stuff aside, <laughs> this is a company that's worth $2 billion. Okay. Uh, apparently. But here, also, here's the thing. Yeah. Like, Facebook just bought WhatsApp for $18 billion. Was it 18? I think it was 18 Because they bought Instagram for $1 billion. It's like they have no fucking idea what anything's actually worth. <laughs> I'm not convinced that Facebook is actually wisely using their money. I think they're just um, throwing the B word around to do what they want. Um. Okay. Oh, you're right. They bought Facebook. <laughs> Facebook buys WhatsApp for $19 billion. 19... Also, here's the guy like from Oculus Rift. Like, I just kickstarted this virtual reality phenomenon. Right. Yeah. And it's worth one seventh, one <laughs> ninth of what yeah. like this texting app is worth. That's pretty amazing. I do think- fucking. Bill- I I'm not. <laughs> I do not feel confident that Facebook is realistically yeah. using their money right now. I just think they have more money than they know what to do with. Exactly, which I think is a big problem. Well, but no, but I think that the acquisition of... So, anyway, this is $2 billion acquisition, mm-hmm. okay? There are very few companies in the world that can do a $2 billion acquisition. Uh, and then, yeah, totally. And then you start cornering into things like tech-based industries. Then you start cornering into things like gaming-based industries. And really, I think that... I think that Oculus is a natural fit for Facebook because I think that Facebook is a tech company. They specialize in app de- or application development. Yeah. And they are se- searching for a delivery device or a hardware device that has a lot of buzz. I mean, uh, Oculus Rift uh, is a sound investment at this point, I think. I guess the question, though, is... But, like, I'd much rather have... Sorry, uh, but I'd much rather have Facebook buying this company than Microsoft buying this company because Microsoft owns Xbox. Now, all of a sudden, Oculus Rift is an Xbox exclusive. Much rather have it than Sony because now it's a PS4 exclusive. Right. Uh, a lot of people have been throwing around Steam, but Steam probably doesn't have $2 billion to spend on this technology. Mm. Um, and then the other one, the other natural one is Google, but then does it become an Android-only um, technology? Probably not with Google. 
But um, it's interesting to think about because they own the Android platform, you know. So having Facebook be a neutral party tech company with a lot of money to spend in this case is not necessarily a terrible thing. And I don't think that they're going to Facebook Oculus no. Rift. We have to change our idea of what Facebook is. Facebook right. isn't the website Facebook.com anymore. Facebook mm. is a much larger technology right. company that's acquiring different yeah. uh, things. No, and- I agree. It's like it's like Microsoft. Like before Microsoft entered the gaming world by introducing Xbox in like what two thousand, they were a software company. They were a the right. company that gave you Microsoft Office and Microsoft Windows. Right. That was what they did, and they got in on every computer, and they made a ton of money doing it. More power to them. But once they entered the gaming space, now all of a sudden, you're, now they have the Xbox space, and that changes the perception of what you think of Microsoft as. When you hear about them introducing a gaming console in 1999, you're like, why is Microsoft trying to get in the game that Nintendo and Sega right. are dominating, right? Do you think that... But then, now, all of a sudden, 10 years later, Microsoft is Xbox, right. you know? Do you think that Facebook has to maybe rebrand itself as something that's bigger than just the website facebook.com do they need like a bigger term to encompass all of their assets this could be well yeah i mean that's i think that's aligning themselves with that single thing as a company is uh is is detrimental to their perception as as an industry but like as we move forward facebook could easily move away from that like when you hear yeah. xbox now you don't think windows no you don't and they need their thing to differentiate themselves. Oculus could be that thing. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, good for them, I guess. Good for them, man. They got the money to spend, and I think they jumped on a fucking gold maid because I have tried the Oculus Rift, and it is a great thing. But the question is, is the Facebook brand going to be so detrimental that the consumers are going to launch, no. uh, you know, attach to these other options like the Sony whatever. Morpheus. The, yeah. Project Morpheus. Or the three or so other things that yeah. try and do what Oculus do, no. but I it's the thing. can't even name them. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's really similar to what happened. Right, you remember right after E3 last year and, and we were all saying, guys, Microsoft Xbox is dead. Right. PS4 is going to take over everything, guys. I don't think I was saying that. I was saying that. I was I was really concerned with the way that Microsoft and Xbox presented themselves. But then, Xbox is booming. Like, just having Titanfall. Titanfall, the, Yeah, man. just having Titanfall. Yeah. It, it increased the, the, the purchasing of Xboxes exponentially. Xbox-nentially. Xbox-nentially. And, and really, I'm, I'm at the point now... Don't buy Where one. I know that Steam Steam machines are coming out in uh, the fall, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that PS4 offers titles like Infamous 2, which I'm very excited about because it's all set in Seattle, and then they also have things like Destiny's going to be coming out on, on PS4, but like the Xbox, even with its $100 uh, more uh, price tag is kind of getting exciting to me especially with this three with this um uh VR thing because I feel like VR plus connect is like what you want. Now I'm afraid you've lost me. Why? VR plus connect? Mhm. Because the Oculus can 
you can move to one to one one to one with your head, but that but the rest of your body you still need peripherals. You still have to hold things. Even the Morpheus when they were showing you the GDC, you're holding uh, the PlayStation Move controllers. Uh-huh. But if you don't have to hold anything and move the rest of your body, that's full VR. And the people who have cornered the market on that is Microsoft with the Kinect. If you can put a VR headset on your head and then have the Kinect read the rest of your body, you are in full immersive VR. Dog, and then, I don't. The I don't need this experience. <laughs> I do not need this. All right. I want like. And, like, this will turn me off of a experience. Like, if mm. they're, like, the next Halo, you need this thing that you strap onto your face, and you need this thing that you hold in your hands, and you need a 10-foot radius mm-hmm. of Nerf, you know, foamed furniture. <laughs> like, I don't need... The, you know what I need less? I, I need a game that I can, like, kind of <laughs> abandon for 90 seconds, and it'll be fine. I need something that I can actually, like dip out of and interact with the real world and come back to. Maybe it's just because I'm a dad now. No, I mean, that's the thing, too, is that they're not really worried about us, dude, because we're gamers. We're 30. (laughs) We don't give a fuck. We're just going to buy this shit, and and that's it. You and I? Because you and I are on a much different No, but we're going to buy our consoles. We're going to do our thing. We're ingrained at this point. You might be. Me not. You're ingrained in your gaming world. Not at so all. You're, you're, that's exactly what you just said. Is you you've ingrained yourself in this gaming world that you don't want VR. You don't want full immersive gaming. You know what you want. You're gonna buy what you want. You're gonna do what you want. But if they can have this impact on the 14 year olds, then they're gonna grow up with this stuff, and then that's yeah. gonna be their expectation moving forward. We're old dudes at this point, that's, man. Yeah. No. No. That's true. You're you're absolutely right. This shit isn't for me. It's for mm-hmm. it's for uh, Russell Nisha Jr. Right. It's for my daughter's daughter, which is already scary to me because like three year olds are using iPads, and I'm like, how does that how does that impact your perception of reality as you form your brain? I think I'm it, I'm I'm outside of that world. I think it'll be great, but <laughs> no, I think it'll be great. But I but I'm left in the dust there because I didn't develop with that technology. I'm already old and outdated. I just yeah. need like an oscillated oscillating spindle sander, and I'll be happy. <laughs> like. I can't, I can't fucking do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I, that's all we need to do is go back to word working. Cause, yeah, because fourteen year olds are fucked when it comes to word working. Exactly, <laughs> they're screwed, man. I'll be like Russell Nisha Junior. Junior. You, you think you're hot shit on a champagne glass, but guess mm-hmm. what? You can't dovetail for nothing. I got the sweet dovetail joint. Yeah. That dresser I just built you, it's held together by nothing but gravity. Yeah. There's no there's no nails. This is like Amish level craftsmanship. Wait, Deal but, with but it. how do you code that coffee table, Dad? <laughs> What's C plus plus. Yeah, is that a C plus plus or is that like Android uh, no. ice cream sandwich? I'll say C plus plus and she'll be like, What are you Amish? <laughs> That's the new Amish. They program primarily in C++. basic only. Yeah. I don't know. But the thing about this is I don't think it's the end of the world. Let's just chill a minute and like... Dude, I don't think this... I don't think this strap a fucking screen on your face thing is going to last. You got to try it, dude. I get it. I get it. It's going to be cool. But I think this is going to be like Wii level cool and mm. check back in five years and people are going to be wanting to just play things on a conventional screen. Well, the interesting thing about this as well is that it's basically going to be PC based, which is what killed the Wii is by being an exclusive console. Yeah. And it all and because they couldn't develop. They, there wasn't a big enough uh, realm for them to actually develop 
content for this because it was on a single console. It's on Nintendo, and everybody's and all the AAA companies are developing for Microsoft and Sony. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I don't. I I kind of feel like this is going to be a fad. And okay. When, I feel like when push comes to shove. 20, 30 years from now, we're going to be essentially having the same experience as the Nintendo Entertainment System. We'll have a a simple controller in our hands watching the same thing that we watch to watch TV. Yeah, but you'll be doing it on a virtual console through your Oculus Rift. No, no, (laughs) no. It'll be built into your wall and you pick up a thing and you do with it and then Mm -hmm. you can also be like, oh, I need to change my baby's diaper right now. And I'm not in like this alternate reality, deep, submersive experience. You heard it here first, bros. Yeah. Hold me to that. Just like how I uh, predicted the decline and fall of the uh, Denver Broncos, <laughs> which was pretty, that was a pretty bad call. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to move on to some movie news. Do you know what nemesis means? Great stuff. Great stuff. So this is an interesting thing happening here is that, and this this was brought to us by one of our listeners, is that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they did not just buy Star Wars. What? They bought Indiana Jones. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So we got some news coming out here and really interesting stuff. So uh, Latina Review, which is a uh, – they, they mostly do movie news. And uh, they are, they've been okay on their predictions in the past, but now it seems like they're kind of just spewing stuff out trying to get clicks. Okay. But – they were saying that Disney is not only trying to turn Indiana Jones from a serialized uh, series into a James Bond-like series, mm. where you're not going to get just your old Indiana Jones uh, in that continuous storyline, but it's going to be a new adventure every time, maybe some new actors. They were also saying that uh, that Bradley Cooper from uh, The Hangover and... Mr. Movie Star today, Bradley Cooper, is going to be the next Indiana Jones. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it, too, but apparently it's all bullshit, because uh, Frank Darabont, who's the guy who wrote on Lost, and he uh, apparently wrote the the superior script to Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I don't know <laughs> how you could write a superior script to that, but he is uh, denying it, and then um, they've... Uh, there's also been some high-placing sources who t- say that the story is not true. However, I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, why not? Here's here's how I kind of feel about it. George Lucas might be an evil genius. Mm. He might have created these excellent franchises: Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then intentionally sabotaged them. <laughs> So that in the future... Booby-trapped him, if you will. Took a book out of Indiana Jones and booby-trapped the Mm -hmm. the artifacts. And Boba Fett. Yep. And, uh, like, screwed him up so bad that now someone like me is like, fine, I don't care. Do whatever you want with them. Right. You can't make it worse than you've already done. (laughs) Like, you can't fuck it up worse than you've already (laughs) fucked it up. Yeah, that's probably true. So you might as well just run with it. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, like... you. 
you screwed Star Wars so bad. Right. Star Wars. So bad. So, absolute garbage. Whatever. Do whatever you want with it. I don't care. You can't make it any worse. Right. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I saw that in the goddamn movie theater. Me too. And I, at that point, I, like, I I walked out of that like, no, this was trash. Yeah, no, I, it was like... I wanted to believe this yeah. was going to be good. Yeah. I was like, this is absolute garbage on right. ice. So but, it's like, now, to me now, emotionally, like, he, was, he like, broke up with us. He was like the chick that, like, stomped on our hearts, and now I'm like, you know what? I just got to date around. Maybe it'll be better out there. You know, I had a good thing. But the crazy thing about this is that he also did all that shit, fucked everything up, then... Bowed out. <laughs> yeah. So he's he sold. This is interesting. Okay. So Oculus was just bought by Facebook for two billion dollars. <laughs> he sold all of Lucasfilm to Disney for four billion dollars in 2012. Is all of Lucas fucking yeah. Star Wars is worth <laughs> one sixth of WhatsApp? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Exactly. exactly. That does not. Yeah. It, Things do are not like right. calibrating in my brain. Right. It does. Yeah. I, it do, Four billion dollars sold. For, it. WhatsApp is nineteen billion, and Star Wars. That's plus a crazy thing India too. Like four. Okay, so and I think Avengers made a billion dollars, right? Um. So that means, and I bet you that the next Star Wars movie, which is coming out in 20, 2015, is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. So basically, Disney has to make four movies to recoup. <laughs> They'll yeah, yeah, but I mean, we're plus merchandise, merchandise, plus, man, yeah. fucking Legos alone are worth a. But bill. if anybody understands merchandise, it's George Lucas. Like mm-hmm. he founded that shit. He like made that shit happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He just broke our hearts enough, right? So that in the future, it's right. like. Yeah, just do what you want. Do with whatever these franchises. you want, man. And, and so this is the question here: is Get that back to Nazis. I, the answer to that. No, question. it's totally true, man. I mean, and I feel like uh, all of pop culture in general needs to get back to Nazis because <laughs> Nazis are the universal evil. Yeah, like all of these games that you're playing, Call of Duty, Battlefield, right? They started right. fighting against Nazis. Yeah. Uh, we like, want nothing more than to yeah. kill Nazis. Yeah, like that's like like Nazis are the universal evil of our time. They are the representation of the universal <laughs> of our evil. time. Well, no, really. I mean, like nothing's worse than. I mean, I guess terrorists are like the new Nazis, but <laughs> but but I mean, Nazis the neo Nazis. As you, oh yeah, right, no, no right. that's what I'm saying. It's like Nazis are like the universal evil. Like everybody, right. everybody hates Nazis, right? Right, right, right. So, uh, this is what. Indiana Jones was built off of this was, and this is what our modern video game franchise. And now we're in like Call of Duty, whatever Black Ops '95, and uh, which is really the superior operating system for your Xbox. <laughs> but <laughs> um, man, when you get the update, though, yeah, it's not the so update's good. Tr- garbage. Yeah, stop the update. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the Nuremberg update is so not the, so good. This is what I'm saying, dude. You are a so there's a couple questions here. First of all, is this the way to go? Is this the way that Star Wars should have gone? Because Star Wars is going in a serialized order now. We are going to get Episode Seven, which is the sequel to Return of the Jedi. Right. It's happening. It is right. going to happen. It's directed by J. J. Abrams. It's coming out next year. 
But I love the idea, even though it's been denied, of turning Indiana Jones into a James Bond-esque franchise where it doesn't matter. mm -hmm. You just give me a good movie. Screw Mm. this continuity stuff. I don't need to see a 60-year-old Harrison Ford playing Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Just give me a new dude. Bradley Cooper's a great choice. I'm okay with that. Run with it. Do it. I agree. Totally. I think Star Wars should... I think Star Wars should be the sequel. Yeah. And continue that storyline and everything. But Indy... Indy mm-hmm. should... I, I think it would be great. Indy right. and the blank. Indy and the, uh, right. you know, the uh, chicken of Chichen Itza. Right. Indy and the monster <laughs> of Machu Picchu. Do it. Just keep on going. And... They don't need to really interact with each other. And no. then you can introduce, you know, different actors and just... <laughs> yeah. And, like, this is the thing about uh, James Bond. Like, James Bond in 96, when Pierce Brosnan came back to in GoldenEye, post-Cold War, erases everything that James Bond was built off of. Right. They run with it. They make a great movie in GoldenEye. I like Tomorrow Never Dies as a follow-up. World is Not Enough is terrible. Die Another Day almost killed the franchise. Oh, okay. Well, let's just reboot it then. Right. With Casino Royale. We'll wipe the slate clean yeah. with Casino Royale, turn him into a born identity action hero, and right. make it awesome. Right. And nobody bats an eye. Everybody's like, we love it. It's still James Bond, but we love it. It's new. We like it. It fits our time. If you watch the Timothy, if you watch the Timothy, Timothy Dalton James Bond movies from the 80s, they're 80s action movies. Yeah. They fit the time period, and it goes back and back and back. This is what they should be doing. But my question is, like, how? Where do you, where do you put the new Indiana time frame? Who cares? That's what I'm saying. Like James Bond, who cares? I don't know if you can do an Indie like Born Identity Indie, like fighting. No, Al-Qaeda I don't think you Indy. can either. But I don't think you need to say, oh well, this doesn't fit in with the Indiana Jones timeline. James Bond said, we're gonna reboot the franchise, and then. Two movies later in Skyfall, tie it back to the old franchise, but it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't tie back to the old franchise. But who cares because it's a fun movie and it's good and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So why not just set the entire franchise between 1938 and 1950 and just keep on going back to that time frame? It doesn't matter if it fits in with some stupid timeline. (laughs) Just make good movies that are set in that time and adventuring. I just feel like, yeah... Indy kind of has to be perpetually fighting Nazis. Yeah, but like, absolutely. How long can you get away with the Nazis? Okay, spoof. It doesn't. You can create good villains that are not associated with the Nazis that are set right. in that time It'd period. Be, it would be great if he came to like Idaho mm-hmm. and was fighting the neo Nazis. Perfect. Yeah, Cordelaine, <laughs> Indiana Jones. There's no fucking dungeons anywhere. <laughs> There's, like, no architecture. Everything's just, like, a stucco building. (laughs) But you could do a lot of stuff. Like, you could have Indiana Jones in the 50s. You could have Indiana Jones in the 60s. But just do it good. Like, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, uh, it's like, you don't have to reboot the whole franchise every time. Just give me a good story. I don't care. I agree. It doesn't have to fit into some continuity as long as it's a good story. I guess... We can pigeonhole it as much as we want as nerds as long as you give us a good movie. So this is one of the reasons that I can't really get that into shows like Mad Men, Breaking Bad. Oh, interesting. Things like that is because me, personally, I like episodic shows. Uh, and okay. I'll, I'll take you to Venture Brothers for this, for all of our big Venture Brothers fans. Okay. Venture Brothers is written by two different people. One of the writers has more of like a, the overarching story thing mm-hmm. that like encompasses multiple seasons. And the other one is like, 
we're going to do one episode that's like totally self-contained. Right. I like those self-contained stories. Right. So yeah. I would like Indiana Jones to be more of something like that where each yeah. each film is like a self-contained thing. Right. And something I struggle with is a DM. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of like how do I how do I give the players in my D&D group the most enjoyable experience? Is it like a self-contained e- episodic thing or is it like this more overarching story? Yeah. I like both. But you have to have both. It's you got to have as both. A player, that's like, what X-Files does. Yeah. But X <laughs> no, that's that's what all good te- television shows. Do. I'm only 10 years late in the well, X-Files. But that's thing, the thing but... is like Breaking Bad d- did that. Like in my opinion Breaking Bad Breaking Bad's my favorite television show of all time. But they did that. There's an overarching story but each individual episode is extremely entertaining and sometimes there there are storylines of Breaking Bad that go absolutely nowhere. Right. But they are entertaining as you watch them, and then there's an overarching story that, that encapsulates the whole thing. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather watch Futurama, because each Futurama mm. episode is more contained than Yeah, I would drama. say that Futurama is less overarching series than Venture Brothers is. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. No, that's the thing. But I think those fill different holes, because, like, uh, you know... Breaking Bad is about an entire experience of understanding a character arc. Futurama is a show that I can literally go on Netflix and watch any episode and have right. a great time watching. And it's impossible to to decide which formula is better. Right. Because but, but yeah, but as we go back to Indiana Jones, I think that more episodic stuff, and that's the root of it too. Like it was right. built off of these episodic things that George Lucas watched when he was a kid. Right. Going in and watching the serials in the movie theater. Make it a serial, guys. Just Give me an entertaining. And thing when to watch. you're when you're Disney yeah. and you buy Lucas Films, you've bought the perfect thing for each of those formulas. Right. You've got Star Wars for the more story oriented, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, sweeping epic of a story, and then you can make Indiana Jones no. your episodic. You know, <laughs> all you got to do is think in your mind and say, "Okay, Indiana Jones trailer, Indiana Jones movies coming out. Uh, Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones." Or Bradley Cooper is Indiana Jones. Just from those two things, which one are you more excited about? Right. Bradley Cooper for sure. How fucking stoked was Harrison Ford, though? <laughs> like, yeah. Disney bought uh, Indiana Jones and, and Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense, dude. I I think that. Uh, yeah, I I think they just need to they need to get out there and start doing that. Radical. It's the whole Nathan Fillion thing that that fans are climbing for, guys. He's pretty old at this point. Let's get somebody. <laughs> he's not, and he's not a leading man, guys. Eh. Yeah. No, I I haven't heard that, but no, I don't think There's he's an indie. Over. No, he's not an indie, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. All right, sorry, let's not some, sorry. Uh, let's do some uh, trivia. Let us. All right, you got a uh, you got a six sided die over there. Uh, I, I got, got a d twenty d- that I can roll until I get a one through six nah, I got, answer. I got the d. I got the the Dungeons and Dragons dice roller here. All right, we're gonna roll D six. Well, I just rolled a four. Oh, I rolled a one, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing arts and literature. We're doing geography, guys. Okay, uh, we're doing geography. Genus one, trivia pursuit. Jesse, this question for you. Please play along at home. What is the claim to fame of Agra, India? Um, farming. <laughs> I'm gonna go birthplace of Gandhi. Uh, Taj Mahal. <laughs> wow. Good one, guys. 
All right. Uh, this question's for me. Please play along at home. What is Brazil's largest city? I believe it's Rio de Janeiro. I'll just go with Brasilia. Sao Paulo. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're doing a great job, guys. All right. I, I'm, I'm trash. This, this question's point, for you, Jesse. Which is the only one of the Great Lakes without an international border running through it? Uh, classic Michigan. We got Huron, Superior, Erie, Michigan. What's the fifth one? Ontario. Yeah, it's definitely not that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Superior. Oh, you got it, Lake Michigan. Yeah, baby. All right, and then uh, this question is for me. I need a tie. Where is the famed Neiman Marcus department store? Neiman Marcus. I'm going to go with New York. Um, I will, I guess, say Manhattan. It's in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, Jesse, you win. You win everything this week, buddy. Yeah, thank nice you. Job. I want to talk a little bit about a thing that we like to call games. Board games. <laughs> So, Eric, you and I got to uh, experience a game. Right. It's one that I'm familiar with, but mm -hmm. you hadn't played before, and it's a game called Hive. I think I played it once before, but it was with you. Okay. So, so this is a board game, and this is a game that anybody can play. Anybody can buy. It's like less than $20. <laughs> Anyone can buy it. Anybody can buy it. You don't have to be a certain race, creed, or culture. Anyone can purchase this thing. <laughs> Anyone with purchase power can purchase it. Yeah, so I kind of feel like it is like Domino. If Domino's had mm. sex with chess, mm. uh, basically the premise is you have a bunch of pieces, which are tiles, right. and they have different movement values. Like They have different bugs on them. Yeah, so the the theme is bugs. 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 And so, like, the ant can move anywhere around the outside because it's all fast and ant-like. The spider, like, crawls a certain amount of spaces. The beetle can, like, jump up on top of other tiles and block them out. Yep. And the way you win is to surround your opponent's queen bee. Right. And you have to play your queen within the first four turns. Exactly. And it's a really fast-paced... Very highly transportable, easy to learn strategy game. Yeah, it comes in a bag, and all of the pieces are uh, plastic, uh, nice chunky plastic. I wouldn't say plastic; they're ceramic. Um, all right, but they're <laughs> chunky. Like you could spill a beer on them, no, no harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. You could yeah. throw them at your opponent, right. and uh, right in the nose. <laughs> Like like so much uh, air hockey puck. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun game, and it's playing that. Eric and I played probably, like, ten games of it <laughs> yeah. tonight. And um, it, it's, like, super fast, and it's one right. of those games, like, I heard chess described as, like, if you lose chess, the only thing you can do is blame yourself. Right. There's no chance. Right. No luck. Anything involved is just the way you... Use your pieces, and if yeah. you lost, it's all on you. Right, you can't blame anybody else. And it's, it's one of those games, I rank it up there with, like, chess and uh, two-player Blockus, which mm -hmm. I fucking love that game. I feel like I could beat you at two-player Blockus, though. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that is a throwdown, all right. my friend. 
No, and I say that because we played ten games of it tonight, and I won zero of them. <laughs> I tied one. Yeah, you did draw once. But this is the thing about this game is that I feel like it's a solid game. I just don't. I don't play chess. Like I didn't grow up playing chess. Like I don't play any of these kind of one-on-one abstract strategy games. And really, mm-hmm. this is an abstract strategy game. It is with very a much very so. light theme of bugs, right? On top of it, yeah. And the bug theme is mostly just to remind right. you what pieces do yeah, what. Yeah, it's like it's like saying chess has a very light monarchy theme on top of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's that's what this game is, and uh, so you've been you've been listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What's the one? Shut up and sit down. So, and you're saying they constantly reference Hive. Well, they talk about Hive. Uh, they've talked about it a couple times, right. and I I do think it's a good game. How and are they talking about it? They talk about it in that in that kind of context. They talk about it as one of the best pub beer or pub beer games. <laughs> yeah, pub board games. Uh-huh. Because it is. It's a great game. You can bring it. It comes with a little bag. You bring it to the bar, and you can play it on the table. And like I said, you can spill beer on it. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, but if you're playing against somebody who has abstract strategy game experience, you will get crushed. What are you trying to say? I'm saying that you have <laughs> abstract strategy game experience, and I don't play a lot of abstract strategy games. Right. This is like my number one weakness, so, I think, as a gamer, except for Halo. When we were at... Uh, craft beer at cast beer fest we got in a little bit of an argument over the games that we appreciate mm-hmm. games like arkham horror right versus a game like hive where i was saying that the ultimate game is chess right the best game ever made is chess because i i just feel like the best game you can play is one of these abstract strategy games okay where Again, what you know, Bobby Flay said was that. <laughs> I think that's the, the Bobby chess champion. Fisher. No, I'm pretty sure it's Bobby Flay. He said you can only b- blame yourself if you lose. Whereas said, you, you gotta, were saying, you gotta scrape the grill after you cook on it. And <laughs> you were you were disagreeing because you were saying games are better that have more of an emotional experience. A game like Battlestar Galactica or. Arkham Horror, where you're going through kind of an experience. Well, and that you I, get the a- thing is, like, I am, I am want. We play ten games of Hive tonight, right? And I am want to remember as a moment from any of those, <laughs> right? I'm not like, oh, remember that time when you <laughs> grasshoppered me over and then totally cornered me in there? Whereas I am, whereas like, yes, where- I do remember. That was sweet, but like, I still remember the moment. However many years ago that you were in another world and you got repoed from yeah. the bank and lost yeah. all your items yeah. and they found you in another yeah. world and then repoed you of all your items at Arkham Horror. Like I those agree. are the moments or like or like even Battlestar Galactica right. of the night where I told everybody I was a Cylon even though I wasn't. Right. I don't know why I thought that was a good strategy. <laughs> and then it turned out at the second turn, I was a Cylon. Right. Like, I, I will remember these moments forever. Where I, it's, I, As abstract strategy games, I don't remember those moments outside of the actual time I'm playing. I totally agree with you. And it's almost like apples and oranges. It's, like, almost impossible to compare a game like Hive to a game like Arkham Horror because they're just different things. They're yeah. different bees. You yeah. go into them expecting different experiences. Right. And... 
if you're a person who is sort of a control freak and you want to be able to control every single thing that ever happens in the game, then Hive is perfect. But if you just kind of want to sit back, crack some beers, and have some fun, and play a game that's also really challenging, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, trying to demean it or anything. It's right. also very challenging. I have a much harder time winning Arkham Horror than I do winning Hive. <laughs> Especially when you're playing me. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, that's the experience for you. And it's almost, like, asinine and irrelevant to compare them. It is, and I think that this is like the major rub between Euro games and Ameritrash, is what they call American games. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's Which is bullshit. Just, that's a bad way to frame the conversation yeah. Yeah. to begin so with. So there's Euro games, and then there's Ameritrash. Mm-hmm. But th- th- this is like the, the definitive difference between the two. It's very similar to, I think, between like different types of beer. Between like the German bearing tradition or the American bearing tradition. I agree. Tradition. Yeah, totally. It's like the, the German bearing tradition is that we're going to make these uh these we're going to try to make these certain beers as great as we can make them right and like the um, the the british which became the american ale tradition is like we're going to try to make the craziest shit we can or Uh, even but but even when you're buying them today it's like okay so i'm either going to buy this abbey ale from belgium right or i'm going to buy this uh kick in the pants i apa from Blank and blank brewery uh, from uh, wherever Oregon. I well, yeah. I think another analogy might be like, I'm gonna buy this exquisite uh, Belgian ale from Didal, and it's going to be six dollars for six ounces, and it's gonna be great and awesome, and it's gonna be a cool experience. Or maybe I just want to drink like fucking twelve PBRs tonight. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And maybe that's what I want. Well, and it's not. And what's what's who's to say that one is better than it's the not, other? It's not. None is. Nothing and, is ever better than anything else. It's just a difference of style and opinion and yeah. taste, and also like they're not mutually excu- exclusive. You can enjoy both. Well, and this is a interesting thing I think about American. Ameritrash board games versus I Euro games. I, I've no, I actually have not heard that term before. You've never heard of Ameritrash? No, that's fucking garbage. No, that's what you call it. It's like a game that's heavy on theme, a lot of cards. It's Arkham Horror is like the Ameritrash Fuck board that. What but that? this is the thing, Ugh. is that Euro games are... That's so elitist. Fuck that shitty yeah. attitude. And, and this, is, this is what I'm talking about. When I listen to Shut Up and Sit Down, they're always talking about, well, if you removed the theme from the game, would it still be a good game? That's Which not is always ri- what it's about. It's a ridiculous argument. It's like, okay, so you're what, basically what you're telling me is that Euro games are trying to be chess, and uh, American games are trying to be Dungeons and Dragons. That's basically what the difference is. Well, if you is that is that uh, Euro games are trying to be abstract strategy games with wrapped around light theme, whereas Ameritrash, right. in quotation marks, board games are trying to be thematic experience, uh, thematic storytelling experiences, and that's basically the difference between Ameritrash. D and D is fucking fantastic. It's a great game, and th- th- this is why I think this is why I really think that Magic the Gathering has become this juggernaut of a game in America in the American nerd zeitgeist because it threads the two right it is a strategic game right wrapped around a ton, a of, things. ton of things yeah no I totally agree yeah. with you 
Well, you know, anyone who has that attitude can screw themselves. Yeah, it's... It's elitist and boring. Like, you guys are fucking boring. (laughs) And it works in anything. It works in board games. It works in beer. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different things that... that, uh... It could work in literature, too. Like, maybe, like, if... You know, what's a better poem? A poem that doesn't rhyme, but it, you know, tells a great story? Or, like, the cat in the hat sat on the bat, and then that was that. Like, well, that was technically superior because they all rhymed. Yeah. No, it's interesting. But anyway, we're talking about Hive here. Hive (laughs) is a good game. It's a great game to take to the bar. We're using Hive as an allegory for these experiences. But abstract strategy games, they cater to a certain player. And like me, so like after the eighth time that, and really after you tied me because I thought I had you beat (laughs) and then it turned into a draw. But I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking about, like, okay, so I've obviously been too defensive. I need to be more aggressive. How do I do this? And so I'm trying to plot these things back and forth in my head. And maybe next time I play Hive, I'll do that. But um, from an abstract there, – there's just abstract strategy games cater to a certain kind of player. And, like, I like – I'm more of a story type of player. But I'll still play a game like Hive, and as soon as I lose, I want to play another Well, that's game. what's great about that, you. Well, and no, that's what's great about a good game. Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost ten times tonight. I did not <laughs> win once. <laughs> right. And I wanted to get back in and play again. Right. That's the mark of a good game. Because yeah. even though I kept losing, even though uh, maybe it's a Seattle sports fan mentality in me pre-Super Bowl, uh, but even though I lost every single time, every time I entered the game, I thought maybe I'll find the, a way to win this. Right. Time. That's the mark of a good game. And Hive is a really good game. And like a chess match is going to last a lot longer than a game of Hive. Probably. May or may not. Yeah, but we were pouring through games of Hive in like five or six minutes. Yeah, that's because I was like totally smoking. So <laughs> <Yeah>. super fast. <laughs> no, there were a couple games there where were... I was one turn behind you. No, that's true. Yeah. But that's so, all I need, baby. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and and that spurs you on as well. So right, it's like, right, right. Uh, the mark of a good game, in my opinion, it doesn't matter if it's an abstract game, if it's a Euro game, if it's an Ameritrash game, if it's uh, who gives a shit. Is that as soon as you stop playing, you want to play another game? Yeah, I've played. That's the mark of a great game. I've played. Um, I've played Settlers of Catan with people who lost and were like, "Let's let's play again." I've also right. played Arkham Horror with people who are like. Uh, do we, can we do this again? And then everyone's <laughs> no, like, no, That's what I'm but, saying. It's yeah. like, most of the time when I play Arkham Horror, I want to play another yeah, game. Yeah, totally. Even though I just spent three and a half to four and a half hours playing it. Exactly. I'm like, or even Dungeons and Dragons. Like, even though we get, th- when we get through the end of the night, I'm like, okay, when can we play again? I'm, exactly. I'm hungry for it. Yeah. That's the mark of a good game. Right, right, right. All right, well, let's move on to uh, one more topic. I get the second one here, and uh, it's, it's about video games, but I'm not going to play the whole one. I'm going to do this. Video games. Great stuff. Great stuff, guys. Um, so I came across a really interesting um, uh, Imgur thing on Reddit today. Um, and it's the Steam Global Stats Project. So this looks at games that you play, that you finish, and that you buy. Mm. So it really should be buy, play, and finish. How many games that you buy do you play and how many games do you play do you finish? Interesting. Very interesting. Really, I, really interesting stuff. I want to say like, it's like a 10 to 
I want to say it's like a 10 to 7 to 1 ratio. That's pretty close. So, um, after the average gamer buys or activates a game on Steam, how many do you think play the game? Uh, 70%? Are, like, how, what are we working in here? Yeah, so in percents. Okay, 70. We're at 77 percent play okay. the game. I actually was, play it after buying it. I was it. way off. But still, 22% of people do not play the game. Doc, I have I have a great yeah. library of games I haven't played yet. <laughs> it's 77.8%, so yeah. it's almost 78%. Um, how many percent do you think reach 50 to 60% of the game? Okay, so I said 10 to 7 to 1 completed. I'll say uh, 29%. It's actually 42. Oh! And stars actually, above. 29% finished the game. Oh, really? Is, it's higher than I would have thought. That is definitely higher than I would have thought. Um, so, yeah, 20, 30% of people who buy a game on Steam finish the game. That's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought like 10%. I am not. I am not at that level. Yeah, I'm not one of those guys. No, those are Gold Star members as far as I'm concerned. There's some interesting stuff here, though. So Bioshock Infinite had a participation rate of 89%. So 89.5. So basically 90% of people who bought the game played the game. Uh And 52% of people who bought the game finished the game. It is like the outlier of games. Because it's easy to... No, because they wanted to see the story. Oh, because it's good. and this this is an interesting stat too. Uh, however, a significant part on played on easy. Mm. Only one point six percent bothered with the nineteen ninety nine mode, which was like hardcore. So basically, gamers just wanted to get to the end of this game. Right. So that's like a that is a cultural zeitgeist not, of video games. That's not surprising. But still, 52% of, uh, of people finishing a game is Because, kind of like, a game is a storytelling experience. Yeah, and Bioshock Infinite kind of uh, kind of represented that storytelling experience of video games to right. gamers. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like the story of this, like, I, yeah. I, I was there, like, the last two years. Like, it's kind yeah. of the game you have to play. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But then we got, like, <laughs> Battle of the Call of Duties, Modern Warfare versus Black Ops. Modern Warfare 2, 57% finished the, the game. Is single player? In single player, Why which is interesting. Why do you even buy that game for single player? I don't know. Black Ops, 47%. Modern Warfare 3, 57% again finished the game. So they must be, like, incentivizing you to finish it. I just think that those games... I, I've never played a COD game, but I, I think that either. they have a really short story mode at this point. Oh, yeah, like You can sure. play through it pretty easily. But then, possibly, it's like, unlock the exclusive rocket launcher by yeah, beating the but game. Th- I think it's also that uh, people get their asses kicked on multiplayer. It's like, <laughs> screw it, I'll just go through like right. the, the story mode. I just want to kill some Nazis. I'm like indie. <laughs> um... This is a really interesting... So there's this game called Limbo, which was a platformer that came out a couple years ago. It was a nice indie platformer. Right. Only, uh, only uh, 64% got the uh, the wrong way achievement. Uh-huh. Which means that you walked left for four seconds. <laughs> so they're calling this the blame it on Mario percentage because people it's a platformer so right. they only walk to right and right. they all you have to do is walk left for four seconds to get this achievement 
So yeah, but Limbo's a game where a giant death spider is following you. Yeah. So possibly you're disincentivized <laughs> to go left. There's a really terrible thing here is Dead Island. Uh, the Dead Island franchise, only 44, or no, 44% of people who bought Dead Island on Steam didn't even play it. Oh. And 51% of people who played who bought the Dead Island Riptide DLC did not play it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this you is, remember. So this is a byproduct of Steam sales. Right. It's like, okay, I'll just buy it for whatever, and then I'll never play it. Yeah. Man, that game got, like, super hyped up, and then no one ever did anything. It had a great trailer, and then apparently wasn't a very good game. I feel like the trailer was the best thing they ever did. Yeah. This is an interesting one. Do Steam sales work? So the top ten games with the lowest percentage of played copies, Left 4 Dead 2, number one at 54%. But that was a free game on Steam during yeah. a Steam sale. Uh, Binding of Isaac, which is a roguelike. Dead Island. L.A. Noir, which is actually, I like that game a lot. Dude, I bought it. I haven't played it. <laughs> I'm on this list. I bought it on Xbox and I played it and I like it. I like that game. I'm still looking forward to playing it. It's cool. It's got like a mode where you can play it. You can choose to play it in the options in either color or black and white. Uh, so I've been playing uh, in black and white yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. It's a good game. Uh, but 64% of people who bought it didn't play it. Well, I'm guilty. Witcher 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Dead Island Riptide, Mortal Kombat, Saints Row 4. And the Night of the Rabbit are the ones that are least played. And the highest percentage uh, uh, of played copies, Napoleon Total War. <laughs> yeah. Because if you buy it, you're going to play it. Uh, Fallout <laughs> New Vegas, Mafia 2, Skyrim, Quantum Conundrum, Bioshock Infinite, Metro Last Light, Remember Me, Deadpool, and The Banner Saga, which has the highest buy-to-play ratio of 92%. There you go. Okay, so I just these are all stats here, but the funny thing here is like, how many games do you buy that you actually finish? I would say one out of ten. There. <laughs> Me too, man. I'm super low on it. I I just you know I buy games. I buy games on the Steam sale. Yes, if yeah. you're wondering, this Steam sales work because I'm like, yeah. this is a game that got buzzed up. I can get it for two fifty. You know what game I still really want to play is that um. Uh, Fuck, what's it called? It's like dual something where you're, it's like yellow, <laughs> you roll around with like a gun. What's the thing? What? It was based off of like the vampire game. You know what I I'm talking no about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, that one. The listeners know what I'm talking about. Bought it. Very excited. Still haven't played it. Yeah. Haven't played L.A. Noir. I you played p- all the way through FTL though, right? Yeah, because that game fucking rules. <laughs> I love that game. That's like the hive of the Steam games. And this is the, the, I'm I'm with you, man. Like I'm like Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Oh, Deus Ex. Okay. I'm maybe one of ten on finishing. Games. Right. Yeah. Like we're busy. We're busy. We're, we're busy, busy, dudes. And like that's that, and that's kind of the difference. Like if I want a contained game experience, uh-huh. I'm gonna look for a board game opportunity because <laughs> I can finish a game of Hive in five minutes. Right. But if I'm just for a mindless let's pass the time experience i'm going to go to a video game right that does that's and that fulfills me like la noir is a fun game and i could play it for like a few hours i played uh, that's the thing about steam is it shows you how long you played right and now on civ i'm up to 30 hours and i'm like that ain't nothing there are a lot of people who are 
Yeah, there are a lot of people out there who are like, 30 hours in a game is nothing. I'm like, 30 hours into a game, that's crazy for me. Yeah, I'm like 30 hours into Pokemon. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a, that's kind of a ton that's of Pokemon. That's an investment. Yeah, yeah, the thing is, like, my my computer is hooked up to my main TV in my living room, yeah. so it's mostly dedicated to children's cartoons at this point. There you go. So I was like, I'm not playing L.A. Noir when my <laughs> daughter is awake at all. Like, that's not going to fly. And when she's asleep, you podcast. Yeah. No, when she's asleep, I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's really interesting. I'd actually be interested to hear what our listeners think, because... How often do you guys play games, listeners? Totally. Like, I mean, I like finishing games is it, it's not a priority to me. If I want to, if I buy a game, I'm like, okay, I want a fun game experience, and I don't really care if I finish it. Or I not. also noticed you had Madden uh, 25. Oh, I do have Madden 25. Yeah, I bought it. It's the last Madden I'll ever buy. When because... I was when I was awake waiting for you to wake up, I was like, man, <laughs> I kind of want to play some Madden right now. You can't. I bought it because I because the Seahawks are really good. Yeah, that's no, why that's I, why I figured. But I, then I, but then I went. My favorite thing on Madden is franchise mode, and then they nerfed it, and right. it's terrible. And like, I like to make, I like to, I like to take the Steelers because I hate them. I moved to North Dakota, make them the Fargo Badlanders, and then I win a bunch of Super Bowls with them, in spite of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can we get over the Pittsburgh Steelers thing? We can now, but even still, that's still what I want to do with Madden. And now they won't even let me make the Badlanders. I have to choose from four different right. mascots that they pre-selected for that city. <laughs> Fuck you, yay! Make it fun! Anyway. Make it fun is the moral of the story. Um, Go play your game. But no, yeah, let us know, guys. Uh, how, how often do you actually play through a game? Because it's pretty non-recent. Anyway... Uh, you can go ahead and write us, personalergots at gmail.com. You can give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are on the Baldwin Facebook page, personalergots Facebook page. Um, uh, so so like us on both, please, guys. Um, and uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at Personal Podcast. If you can't do any of that, just tell a friend, guys. <laughs> we don't tweet. <laughs> we... we never tweet, but we love the followers. <laughs> no, we don't do that. That's fine. And then, uh, guys, also check out baldmove.com. That's where we live. That's where we reside. Of course, you got the Watching Dead covering everything Walking Dead. Uh, that's on there from, from Aaron and Jim. You got Muppets Most Wanted right now on Bald Movies featuring. They stole that. They stole that for me. They did? I, I came up with Bald Movies. What are you going to do, man? They're liars and cheats. They're liars and cheats, but they also run our podcast, so we love them. Uh, or they run our podcast network. Uh, we also have Up Yours Downstairs uh, covering everything in Wardy, and especially, uh, especially, uh, what is that show? With the British people. Uh, down Nabby. Down Nabby. Hello, Down Hello, Down Nabby. We free our, our groundskeepers to pigs. Down Nabby. They go through your bones like butter. Let me. Send an entire generation of Irishmen to Australia. This, <laughs> this is my favorite thing about the Bricktop accent is that he doesn't say T's. It's just a glottal. Ugh. They go through bones like butter. <laughs> but, uh, butter. Uh, there's also the Bacchus show on there. <laughs> Down from Los Angeles, the ladies from the Bacchus show. They're awesome. I met them. They're beautiful, and I love them. Uh, and then, uh, and then we're on there as well. And like I said, we're on the Facebook every week. I posted a super short Facebook roundup this week, and nobody posted. Oh. So thanks. I'd like to thank. Oh, what? Oh, we got him. 
We got oh shit, guys! You posted. What? We gave you three minutes notice and you posted. I oh love my, it. Oh my goodness! Apparently, you, a lot of you are patrolling Facebook at 10 p.m. on a Saturday, and we commend you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch starts off: bagels or English muffins? The br- the breakfast bracket keeps going, guys. Bagels. James Patterson, guys. Uh, bagels or English muffins? Muffins. As you could deduce from the last two weeks, I don't have any good questions. What are you talking about? I think breakfast bracket is, needs to happen immediately. You like bagels. Yeah. I'm in on English muffins. Oh, you kidding me. I ate those exclusively in high school for breakfast yeah, every day. Yeah, come on, though. Like, you... Anyway, moving on. Okay. Uh, Adam says, what is the greatest cereal? <laughs> it's all breakfast bread. Cheerios. And why is it Cinnamon Life? Cheerios. Like... What is Cinnamon Life? No, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Life? I've never had it. Uh, no. It's Cheerios. What about Honey Bunches of Oats? Cheerios. Honey Bunches of Oats is great, but it gets too soggy quickly. Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios? Cheerios. I don't like regular Cheerios. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. James says, what's the worst thing you've ever wiped with? <laughs> moving on. That's a good question. One ply. I think is the answer. I don't know. I I feel like I've lived a privileged life. I know. One time when I was in uh, the Arizona desert, I wiped with a saguaro cactus. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh huh. One ply. I'd say a porcupine, but a porcupine butt. Exactly. Uh, Adam says also TMNT trailer on a scale from Danny, the little punk ass ginger kid from the original movie who steals the shit from everyone, to Super Shredder. How excited are you for this movie? I'd say them about Kino, pizza delivery bo- dude from the second movie, who also happens to be a really good karate guy. I feel like I need to see more before I can bump it up to Casey Jones status. Uh, th- that was all Greek to me. I'm secret of the ooze on this. And I think we can all agree we are all secret of the ooze on this. Andrew Lloyd says, what's the deal with, with the binomial theorem? Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Speaking of telling me about it, tell me your recommendations this week. Uh, Catch a Contractor on Spike. <laughs> I <laughs> like that about, show. Tell me about this show, dude. This is Adam Carolla's new show. Catch Ed. a Contractor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, they they take a family that got like bad contractor work. Like contractor took a job for them and then like ruined their house. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, sting them. Nice. They, like get them to show up. Uh, you know, they, like, pretend that they're going to hire the guy, and then they bust them on it, and they're like, guess what? You know, you can either fix this person's house, or we're going to sue you. What? Yeah. Wow. It's on Spike. It's after... I feel uh, like this can't be real. This is Amish Mafia. No, real. dog, dude. This is real as shit. Dog dude afternoon. It's on Spike after uh, new episodes of Bar Rescue. Which are at <laughs> 9 o'clock on Sundays. All right, my o'clock, first, first record this week is going to be any Coen Brothers movie. I watched a brother were out there this week, and I loved it. Sekareko, Bar Rescue? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I'm. Tell me about Bar I'm Rescue. Fucking, Tell me about this book. No, I'm, I'm too drunk. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm ready for this podcast to be over. You need to be rescued from this podcast. All right. Well, in that case, guys, thank you for listening. Another live episode in the books. Beautiful, sensual, sensuous, litigious, backspace. See ya. All right. Wait, we got to do the outro.
<laughs> we gotta do the outro. All right. Remember that wherever you go and whatever you do, please stay arrogant, guys.